Uh, Father, we, uh, we ask this morning um, when we gather, uh, Lord, to uh, meet us where we are. Father, that you would allow us to have um, open time of discussion. Father, that you would um, speak to our spirit and help us uh, understand where we need to move forward with you. Lord, I pray that you would uh, convict my heart and convict others as uh, what you're saying to us, where, there's need, uh, where change needs to happen. And Father, that your Holy Spirit would come to bear uh, in those places in our lives. Uh, Lord, we love you and we thank you in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so we are in Romans uh, chapter 8, as will be all semester, and we're um, looking at verses 5 and 6. Uh, as we begin that, I want us uh, kind of to start with an illustration, and we'll kind of move backwards from there. Over the next couple of weeks, uh, or over the next couple of weeks, we'll be particularly with this idea, and so I want to talk about it um, at the level of your experience, and so not just, okay, here's what it should look like theologically, but I want to talk about it, what it should look like experientially. So what that means for you is, as we work through um, what that uh, looks like, I really need your feedback and your questions so that we can uh, come to uh, an understanding that is going to be actually helpful for us versus just making us feel bad or understanding, hey, I'm not doing that. Does that make sense? The scripture is to help us. (laughs) Uh, And so uh, that's where we'll uh, pick up this morning. All right, so i got to come around here, but then sometimes you can't hear me. Right? Okay, so when we conceive of our Christian lives, I think a lot of us uh, kind of have this preconception that our lives are basically neutral. So what I mean by that is that we come into a day hoping to kind of do more good stuff than bad stuff, right? We a lot of times have... Uh, a conception of God that allows, right, for that, that that is what he wants. Sometimes this is not what we, somebody has particularly taught us, that's just how it feels when it's lived out. Make sense? Okay. Um, and so what I'm trying to do in this, uh, uh, as I think about my life as neutral, is I'm really just trying to avoid, right, real bad stuff. So there are going to be things that I get into, there's going to be stuff that... Um, that are in my life that I don't necessarily think are the best, but uh, those things are fine as long as I'm managing it, but I'm really just trying to avoid real bad stuff. And so what that means is my Christian life really is then uh, about learning to do the things that God wants me to do kind of surface level, right? Go to church things, uh, read my Bible, uh, pray, um, listen to Christian music, don't curse, Um, And then if I do those things, right, then God is going to kind of bless me by living whatever kind of the Christianized American dream that I want, right? As long as I don't do too bad stuff, that is uh, what I need from him. And so as things go bad or I struggle with things, right, he's there for me as I need him. And so if we have this idea of the Christian life, right, that my day, if I was going to rate my day, right, that if I have kind of some plus marks up here, Right, and I have a couple of negative marks down here. Again, as long as I just, things are going okay, that's fine. Right, does that make sense? Okay. So then there's this other space, though, right, uh, as I conceive of this. So there's this kind of, a lot of us think about our lives neutrally. There's this other space, though, um, where I manage my sin. And what I would say is that that kind of space is down here. Okay. It's not where we want to be necessarily, but we've kind of 
uh, given over to this idea that that's just kind of my lot in life, the things that I've experienced, the things I've gotten into, that those things are just kind of, I'm going to have to manage and deal with those the rest of my life. Make sense, right? <clears throat> and so what we learn to do is ride this wave of sin, guilt, shame, close calls, meaning, hey, I didn't have to actually suffer the consequences of what this may have led to. Um, from mismanaging my sin, right? Oh, gosh, that went a little too far this time. Or, hey, I didn't mean to do that, but, like, is it? Okay, I think we're okay. Okay. (laughs) And how I'd describe this, and I'm speaking from experience here, not from, like, reading a book. Like, I think people struggle with this. Like, this is me. This is how I thought. Um, And so how I would describe myself is as a pig in a pig pen. Right, that I'm, I live in the pig pen, there's mud in the pen, and yet I, uh, that's just kind of my lot in life, and I get muddy over and over and over again. And we just kind of deal with it. We kind of go over to God, wash off every once in a while, and we get too, too dirty, but that's just kind of where I am. Now, as you think about that, right, uh, that is our, my experience. I'm anticipating that it's some of your experience. What do we do with that? Because as we read Romans, uh, if you'll hit Romans 5 and 6, 8, 5, and 6, on the, on the slide. That's all right. Fantastic. For those who are according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. Now, as we think about kind of our our Christian life is like it's generally neutral again and hopefully I'm doing some good stuff and learning there and and hopefully I'm kind of managing the bad stuff. Um, We're actually missing uh, the the one place that actually God wants us to live. And it's what I'll call the just the normal Christian life. (laughs) And it exists I got I'm holding too many things. Um, uh, And it it and it exists up here. And so this, this actually is not a thing, okay? The way to conceive of our life is kind of generally neutral is not what, what God is teaching here. Right, he says that I want, this is a life that I'm, I want you to conceive of and to engage in, and you're going to do it really bad, okay? But I also want you to understand that like the, the pig scenario in the, in the mud is not, is not where, what I've died for and is not what I'm trying to teach you. That's not where you live. So as we, as we deal with that, right, we need to deal with this. Now, um, now what I want to kind of talk to you about, and this is where I want you guys to, uh, to continue to engage with me if you're with me so far, is that the truth is, is that why we typically, um, I really want to draw a little piggy, but I think, I don't think I'm going to do it real well. Let me try real quick. I think it'll just be kind of, isn't, floppy ears? Man, how about like, how about that? How about that? It's like a bat thing. Yeah. (laughs) That's terrible. I'm so sorry. So the issue is, for most of us, we're living life down here because we, we're, uh, we're basically living life down here because we don't really have a conception that 
like most of life, as I try to live up here, I don't have the time to live this life. And for most of us, we don't, we don't really see that miss. And I didn't for the longest time because I'm literally all day long just trying to manage my sin. And yet he's saying, hey, I've got this other stuff that I want you to learn. And when you're actually engaging in that stuff, you don't have as much time, <laughs> honestly, to engage in the sin. So as, a, as you think through that, as far as how you think through your Christian life from kind of the neutral space and positive negative to, again, what he's, again, what um, Paul is getting at here in five and six, what questions or thoughts do you have? Does that make sense as far as how we typically look at it and then how God, uh, through Paul, is asking us uh, to conceive of this idea? Thoughts, questions, before we kind of move forward into more specific things. All right? Does that mean I'm perfectly clear? Yeah? <laughs> okay, good. So if you'll turn with me to James three thirteen through 16. He asked, Who is wise and understanding? Let him show it by his good behavior, his deeds done in the gentleness of wisdom. He goes on to describe... Um, what, what it looks like to not basically do what we know to do. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, verse 14, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. The wisdom, uh, this wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but it's earthly, natural, and demonic. Verse 16, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every evil thing. And so this 16, I think this is the space where I want us to kind of wrap our heads around kind of why... Uh, this bat pig thing, right, is our, is our lot. Right, that if I don't know what I'm doing, if I don't understand my life at, at realistically and understand kind of what it is and then how, what the, how, how I'm missing the life that God has for me, right, then I, then I, then I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing. And so we need the first part of that is verse 16. It's like where... Uh, that disorder and every th- evil thing exists down here, I need to leave that life behind. And so we're going to talk about why this life in us persists, right, so strongly. And so that's what I really want to deal with here and then, uh, and as we progress in the coming weeks, talk about uh, that at the level of which we need to. So much of this life down here is, uh, is because we lack peace the people around you why do you do the things you do meaning like again how you spend your time so let's say hey uh, my mom or like it's just a general good idea to like be educated but outside of that (laughs) why do you do the things you do why do you go to the football game as opposed to the soup kitchen right why do I go to the mall as opposed to go for a run right so I'm not saying the run is good or the mall's bad Right, but like we make, but in our mind we are uh, disseminating value on these things, right? So why do we do the things we do? Give me some thoughts, just in general. So you don't have to say, well, I go run because of this. Like, just why do we do the things we do? Okay, we enjoy them to please other people. There's lots of answers here. <laughs> the necessity of it, or in our minds at least. If not in reality, what else? Yeah, it's just what we feel like doing. We don't even think about it too much. It's like, you know what? I just have a, an urge to eat some gluten-free bread. 
we don't hate bread. That was like a, a little minor, minor uh, mix-up. We like bread. We'll have bread next time. Why I think that we do the things we do is we're seeking peace. We're seeking wholeness, and we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> so we see other people, see what they're doing, we try certain things, and ultimately that is what it is. And so this is what God brings into our lives when we uh, remove our leadership from our lives and replace it with his. So we're seeking peace, but the Bible says that the only place that we find peace, right, is to remove, I'm, I'm in charge of me. It's like, you're terrible at that. I need, you to, I need you to knock yourself off the throne voluntarily, and I need you to put me in that place. Because you see you've been leading yourself, and you've seen you've been trying to figure out what to do. But where it leaves us is the piggy bat thing. Right? It, we're, we're in that space, just managing our sin. And not typically, I don't know about you, but I didn't manage it real well. <laughs> right? And so much of the turmoil in our lives, particularly as we're believers, is fighting with God about this. I know you want me to do X, but I want to do everything else. <laughs> Whatever those everything else is for you. And so what, what my problem is, I just need to knock the king off the throne. Any of you guys, when your kids play king of the mountain, it was just, it was some hill or something that was just higher than the next thing, and one kid would run over there, king of the mountain, and it's like, and you'd basically just try to pull it, <laughs> pull it. It was not a real sophisticated game. <laughs> and then some other kid would be up there for about two seconds, and then somebody would kick him off, and he'd come tumbling down, and the next person... It's pretty funny, actually, now that I think about it. That's, that's a terrible game. But that is essentially what I try to do. I try something, right? This is going to give me peace. This is going to give me wholeness. That didn't work. Okay, well, what about this next thing? Well, what about this next thing? What about this next thing? Right? Because that is what we're seeking, right? We're seeking a lifestyle that brings me peace. And for most of my life, I, it was so elusive. So we're going to read Romans 8, 5 through 6 again. For those who are according to the flesh, that their minds on the thing of the flesh, those who are according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For the minds on the flesh is death, but the minds on the spirit is life and peace. Pretty bold claim. As though he's given us an equation. And what is that equation? That is the thing that I am going after the promise that I believe, right, is going to equal life and peace, or the promise and what, it, uh, and what it says that it'll give me brings death. And so there's the choice between the spirit, here's this other path, right, there's this other thing that's promising me something that's at odds with what the world is promising, and so I got to decide, right, who's right. And so Paul is putting this in front of us to remind us, right, that there's a, that there is a promise that comes with following that. And there's a promise that comes with following the Spirit. So there's a slide that talks about a little bit about this idea of set on, and then we're going to kind of move forward pretty quickly into uh, what I want us to wrestle with today. So I really like this idea. There's kind of a bunch of definitions here, but I want you to, that, that's just for repetition Grab onto one and a piece of language that's helpful for you. I really like this idea of preoccupied. 
what does it mean to be preoccupied? Is it fun, right, to talk with somebody that's preoccupied with whatever? But think about how, uh, how well that may um, describe you in your life. I'm preoccupied with fill in the blank. Or we're concentrated on X. I really like this last question as we think about what it is that we have set our mind on. If it's the Spirit, fantastic. If that's your blank, amen, this is going to be encouraging for you today. But if it's not, what is it? Because I think for most of us, the issue is, right, that it's just, it's out of our awareness. I'm just living life. I'm not really thinking about what I'm doing too much. (laughs) I'm trying to insert things that are intentional and good, but mostly I can't get to those things because I'm preoccupied with what, you know, fill in your blanks. And so the last question is like this, and what are my absorbing interests? Because we have them. There are things and appetites that we develop, good and bad, that we, we say, these are my curated things that I like and, and that I do, and I'm going to do them. And so that ends up, right, so the issue here is whatever your blanks are, right, what is God calling those things and what do they lead to? And so that is something that we have to actually ask ourselves and think through. So one quote that I think is helpful in illustrating this. Speaking of, uh, he's speaking of me here. Rob may have good intentions, but his horizon is bounded by the things of this life. The gallery of my options are down here. And what God is trying to tell us is, I want, I want, your, I want your horizon to change. I, want, I need it to shift up. Because this stuff is fine, I guess, but it's, not, but, it's, but it's not what these things are. And we don't know what those things taste like because we're just kind of here. We're satisfied or, or unsatisfied just with the same old, same old. In this type of life, the flesh is the focus for the whole life. And because they're concentrated on the flesh life, they cut themselves off from the Christ's blessings. So here's the issue. If my life is down here, I don't know what this tastes like. I don't know what this feels like. I don't know what this looks like. And so we're cutting ourselves off from better stuff. So questions or thoughts about that as as we then work into uh, the specifics of how this works. Does that make sense? Yeah? Okay. Thank you, Piggybat. Doing a good job. All right, so would you then want to work through to how does my mind then connect with my deeds and how my heart affects my life? Yes, this would be helpful. So we're going to run real quickly just through a couple things that, that as uh, Paul talks about here in, in Romans 8, 5. Now the Lord, uh, this, sorry, when he's talking about the difference between flesh and spirit and what one leads to and what the other one leads to. 2 Corinthians three seventeen: the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. So one of the things here that's kind of this, this false idea is that down here we think we have freedom, but yet, how does it feel free? Your, your particularly curated life. You know, if I could, if I, I'll ask you and you wrote down, what's my perfect day? And let's say it consisted of like ice cream and 
uh, video games for three hours. It might include going to my favorite pizza place, right? Hanging out with this, with these friends. Like those are the things that you've chosen, right? Like that's my my personal, perfectly curated life. And yet, at the end of that day, if I were to ask you and say, "How you feeling?" and that was a good day. What if I just gave you that day for the rest of your life? Is that what you want? Why is the answer no? All right, respond to me this time. It's boring, okay. Unfulfilling. But we chose it. (laughs) It's a filler of time. What else? Yeah. It isn't. Right, I liken this to Kind of little kids, right, why it's easy, like you give them a box and they're just like, man, a box. You know, I'm good for like five hours. Right, but when you see them, show them something that's not a box, right, that they love even more, they're like, what, what the, I, the box is out of my mind. So often, again, all we know, guys, is our sin. That's what we're used to, that's what we're comfortable with. That's our box. That's what I was used to playing with. And so my horizon is so low. And all I do is just deal in that same space over and over and over and over again. Anybody else have that experience? Anybody else not satisfied with that experience? Galatians 5, 17 Actually, jump down to verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Even if you do it badly, raise your horizon. Start aiming for these things, and I promise you, you'll have less time and interest in those other things. You're still good at them. If you don't do them for 10 years and you have an opportunity, I promise you'll be able to sin in that exact same way again. I promise you. (laughs) You're you're an expert in that. Don't feel like, well, if I don't sin in that way, it'll just kind of atrophy In the background, if that's what you're worried about, making jokes. But our sin isn't a joke, is it? And that's not even how we think of our sin. We just don't know any better. That's what I said. This is just what I do. This is just what I'm used to. Is there something else? Verse 17, the flesh sets its desire against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. So it goes on in, in 519, and so here's where I want us to talk about for a hot second this idea of like well, the connection between our mind, right, and our flesh and our hearts. And so real quick, Galatians 519 says, Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envy and drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. For which I forewarn you and have forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. What he's saying here is, Paul's saying that the bad things we do are evident. You don't really actually need a list of them, do you? <laughs> like, you know the things that you do that you shouldn't be doing. But, as we, but we need to remember that sin, right, is not just this, this kind of no-fly zone that God puts for you. Sin is missing the mark. Right, sin is not doing bad, it's not doing good. Like, you're doing this instead of 
the good. I'm aiming for something, right, and missing it. And so it's evident when we do that. When we miss the mark, we hurt and injure ourselves and others, and people move away from us as a result. Do they not? When I really get my own way, no one is around me, (laughs) are they? Have you ever noticed that? It was true in my life. Anytime I got exactly what I wanted, I was by myself because it was not helpful for anyone else. As as we hurt and injure others and ourselves, people move away from us as a result, and we move away from God because we know we're wrong. We feel bad. And so when you're looking at this list, Mason, turn over, there's just kind of a list of a couple of those things. And so here's what I want you to talk about uh, just with the person next to you. As you're thinking about a couple of these things, and I just put them in more layman's terms, a lot of those is verbs like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> so here's just what some of these things are, not all of them. So here's the question I want you to ask. As it relates to like getting into sexual sin or being divisive or being envious or things done in anger, here's the question. What is it that I desire that results in that sin? Okay, it's it almost always has nothing to do with that thing that you did. Does that make sense? I do the thing because I'm seeking something. And so that's what I want you to talk about. Doesn't have to be your personal thing. Maybe pick another one, but what is it? What is it that I desire that results in sexual sin? What is it that I desire that results in making enemies? What is it that I desire that results in me being divisive? What is it that I desire that uh, results in me doing things in anger? What is it that I desire that has me stand against you? So talk about that for a couple minutes. I'm so interested in your answers. So what is it that I desire that results in one of the things up here? What is it that I'm going after? Okay, self-gratification. But what's another way to translate that? So that's like a big word. Pleasure? Absolutely. I'm going after, hey, I like this thing. Approval? Control? To be loved? What else? Where? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Somebody talked. Who was it? Okay. Can you say it again? Comfort. Okay. Sorry. That took longer than it should have. What else? Why do I do the things? Yeah. Have fun. Approval. Avoid fear. Having an advantage. Attention. All right, so think about all those words. Not, not all those words are bad, are they? So what's the issue? What's the issue? Like you said all those things, whether it's being loved or have attention, have fun. Those are all good things. So what's the problem? Okay, partly. Well, remember when, well, well that is, the, the, the sin happens, right, when I aim wrong, right? That's the issue, right? Sin is missing the mark. 
right? So as I fund good, right, love good, maybe somebody pay attention to me good, right, comfort, not bad. (laughs) But I misunderstand how those things are actually derived. So this is a part of me not knowing. So in your ignorance, in my ignorance, I go to those things because I don't know how to get the real thing. You understand? So I didn't know what actual love was. (laughs) I was chasing what I thought love was. I didn't know what actual comfort was, and I was chasing what I thought comfort was. Do you see the mist there? That we think, well, I know it's like we actually don't know what those things are, and so we chase them. Those things are good. So I want you to kind of compartmentalize what the good is and what the not good is. The good is the good in your desire of wanting those things is great. God made you that way. The issue is, is that we don't understand how to actually have those things and that he has to teach us. And so that's why king, like me king, bad. I don't know what I'm doing I have no idea how to get love. And so I try all these things to get it. And it never gets there. I try all these things, right? Like, it's, it's not fun. It's having, it's like using fun as a means of wholeness. I cannot have enough fun. I, I can't do the thing that is my favorite thing all day because I have to sleep and I have to eat. <laughs> it's not possible for that to fulfill me. It's not possible. You know this. But the error is we think it will and that we think we can. They're like, but that was, I was so close. (laughs) And that is why sin is so deceiving. That is why we've got to cry out as we have before, right, to understand that as I continue to kind of not get the things I want, what's the problem? It's not the desire for, for those things. Right, is that I don't know how to actually get them. And I'm trying to depend on things that, as you have over and over again, it's like, nah, that's not quite it, but I don't know any other way, so I just keep on doing this. Thoughts or questions about that? That's a big deal to under, to, for that illusion to be pulled back, for you to understand why you do the things you do and why you keep not getting what you want. Megan and I were talking about that this week. And she said, I told her I'd give her full credit for this because this is such a great quote. Write this down. I'll say it a couple times. Write this down and you can say, Megan, I never find in sin what I go looking for. Isn't that good? You're like, oh yeah, that's good. But everyone, every go, mm-hmm, that's right. <laughs> I never find in sin what I go looking for. And again, it's not, we can have deviant behavior, but, I don't, uh, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the misses when we're kind of good intentions. Because the sin where I find the sin, or when I, the, I never find insight I'm looking for, the sin comes from missing, again, missing the mark. We don't know what the mark actually is what the good is. So in lieu of not knowing what the good is, then I'm you know, down here in the pig pen just playing in the mud. That's, that's all I know. 
And so it's got to be a concerted effort for me to figure out, well, what are the things that you have for me that are better than what I've been trying? I never find in sin what I go looking for. So my life then, so much of it is working off this illusion that the things I have chosen to pursue can do what I think they can do. You understand that? So the job that's going to make me whole, it ain't going to make you whole. The relationship that's going to make me whole, that ain't it. If I score enough touchdowns in intramural football, that'll make me whole. If I beat this game for the eighth time, that will make me whole. If I just do whatever I want seven days a week, that'll make me whole, right? Nope. I need to be more aware of this false promise by reflecting on the actual benefit after I have what I wanted. Here's, here's where I want to end, and I'll take questions because there's lots more to talk about in the weeks ahead. When you do the thing that you want to do that is for good reasons but yields, like what we're talking about, like I, I, I want approval, and you do the thing that you've always sought approval for but actually don't ever get it, I need you right after it's unsatisfying to think, remember, this is unsatisfying. Like right then, I need you to work hard to remember that that is unsatisfying because in 10 minutes when you think about doing it again or next weekend or whenever it is that you have the opportunity to do the thing, you're going to forget and try it all over again because that's all we do. So when you buy that shirt that's going to make you whole or go to that concert that's going to make you whole or there's that guy that's going to make you whole or that grade that's going to make you whole or that trip that you're going to go on that's going to make you whole or that show or that experience, right after it doesn't make you whole, I need you to sit right there in that and drink it in. Because you've got to shatter that illusion that whatever your thing is, it ain't going to do what you think it's going to do. When we understand that what God is saying is, I am that thing that makes you whole. Relationship with me is what makes you whole. Then you can go have fun without it being everything. And then it, it can be what it is, just fun. Right? That I actually can appreciate and love my friends as opposed to strangling the life out of them because I think that this relationship is going to make me whole. That's why it hurts so bad. I keep squeezing and I keep loving and, and then they run away from me because they're not built to handle what it is I need, only God is. Questions, thoughts about that? To me too. But it makes so much sense, right? God, that is what I do. <laughs> that is how that works. That's what it says in the Bible? Other thoughts? Lauren, that, that, that might have been that might have been the walk off, right? Bat flip. <laughs> Other thoughts or questions? Comments. Just a amen. Amen to all of that. 
Okay. Yeah, so the first thing is, right, that as opposed to because autopilot, I need approval, I need attention, I need, I need something, right, and we've got those things that we go to, right? Right, our perfectly curated list of our things. <laughs> so the first thing is before I go to that thing, I've got to, so once I've sat in it, like, man, this is unsatisfying, I've done that work, that's a, a, that's would be before this, but let's say I know that, right? And so before, as I'm feeling unsettled, and I, my, my habit that I've been maybe doing for 10, 15 years, right, is to go do that thing, I've got to remember, okay, does that, is that going to give me what I want? Like, that's the thought. Is that going to give me what I want? Because I don't know, like, if I say no, okay, if there's two paths, okay, and this is the path I've always taken, and it's led unsatisfyingly, and I come to the, the crossroads, and here's what living the Christian life is so weird about, because I've never not taken that path. And God says, stop taking that path. And you're like, well, then what do I do? We ask him. And we read his word, looking for right, what those things are, because I've never not done that. I've never not eaten the cake before. I've never not gone to the party. I've never not watched that thing that I shouldn't be watching. And so what do I do? Because that literally is my life. <laughs> That's the pig pen. If I move out of the pig pen, what is there? And so this is that verse that we say over and over again. This is how this makes sense, right? Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Learn from me. Every one of the disciples, when he says, follow me, what he's saying is, I don't need you to do anything. I just need you to pay attention. I just need you to watch. I need you to learn. Because you have no idea what you're doing. And so what is it that I do, right, is, well, what, what, does, what does God, what does Jesus do? He sees what other people need. That's where it starts. Okay, if I'm, if I'm not preoccupied with myself, then, like, who else is there? Everybody else. <laughs> I like this illustration about draw like a, a terrible like gingerbread man. And we're to say of selfishness is if I color the gingerbread man in, if I was going to like color it in based upon like how much of myself is included in my daily life, the gingerbread man is colored in. That is what selfishness looks like. I have no time for anyone else. And so as, as I look into, am I satisfied with spending all of my time and attention on me? And for Rob, the answer was resounding, no, this is awful, but I don't know any other way to live. And so as we begin to see how he lives, <laughs> as you begin to see how other people that are a little bit further have kind of turned this corner, right? Not that they're good at it, but that is what they're trying, that my life is not about me. And that's where it starts moving forward where I start giving God time that he's never had before because I'm not doing that thing that I've always done. And so I got nothing but time. All right, let's close there. Father, um, as we look at your word, as we look at these two verses and subsequent verses that talk about the same idea and you help us unpack this. Father, for, for many in this room, I know what they're thinking and you're thinking 
Like, this is knowledge that I can do something with, but it is so scary because I don't know what that looks like. And that's part of the reasons why I choose the things I do is because I know that, that devil and I know that mud. I know that path. Even if it's not that great, that's just, I'm comfortable there. But yeah, Father, in the power of your Holy Spirit, would you make us uncomfortable where you, we just can't even enjoy that stuff anymore? Lord, you know how much time I have spent watching football. I loved it. I do it all weekend. Yet at some point, I, can watch, I, I don't have to watch football for the rest of my life. Because it's not what brings me joy. It's not, what, it's not what I'm about anymore. My horizon has been shifted. It's fine. It's enjoyable, but it's not life. And so, Father, would you shift our horizon? Would you show us in stark contrast the things that we love for what they are? They're fine, but they're not you. Lord, would you grant us that prayer? And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.